Well, hey, friends, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Jonathan, and I am your content producer over at Stay Forth Designs, and I hope you're having a good Tuesday. I hope your Monday started off well, and if it didn't or if it was just kind of meh, don't worry about it. You've got today and the next days ahead to keep taking your next right step. So do me a favor, zoom out, look ahead. Instead of trying to do all of the things, do the right things. What is your next right step that you can take today, tomorrow, and the next day to make sure that this week and the weeks ahead are fruitful and you continue to gain traction as we look to close out the remainder of 2020 and look ahead to 2021. It's hard to believe that we're actually in that mindset right now. So we've got a treat for you today. Alan recently sat down with a group of business leaders to talk shifts. We've been doing a lot of shifting this year, so when I uttered that word, you may have shuddered a little bit. But these are very practical. We aim to be very practical with everything that we do at Stay Forth because we want your leadership journey to be practical. The more practical we get, the easier it is to continue taking next steps and pressing in. So we hope you enjoy this episode. I would encourage you to sit with it, turn up the volume, give some space to it. This is very practical. We're going to talk about some real topics This is encouraging, it's equipping, and it should leave you able to really dig in in the days and weeks ahead to grow your business, to lead well, to lead healthy for the long haul. So enjoy this episode and Alan's talk on three shifts that business leaders should be making right now. Enjoy. Great to be here with you guys uh, today. Hear me okay, Ty? Coming through clear? Great. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, um, I appreciate the intro from Ty, and um, we need groups like this all over the country. Every single week, we need people who understand some of the loneliness um, that we can feel in our spaces. You can't talk to people on your teams about, man, how should we reorg? How should we move somebody off the team who's not performing? And what I sense and what I get to talk with leaders all week about is this prevailing emotion that is loneliness, that is human. However, we cannot make the excuse to be isolated. Nobody's going to understand me. Nobody's going to get me, so I'm not even going to try. And so when Ty said, like, hey, any chance you can show up to this group, I'm in. I love what Steve and Caitlin and Ty are cultivating here. This is beautiful. It's good to see some Colorado faces. Jim, Andy, uh, some, some other folks across the country. What I know is that you guys are hungry, that you guys want to grow, that you guys want to go to the next step. What I also know is you've been through more than you think this year. It is a really hard year to be a human, to be a mom, to be a dad, to be a friend, to be a husband, a wife. Oh yeah, to lead this whole thing. Um, that you're leading. And so Ty's introduction is great. Maybe there are some parts that we are crushing. However, I was getting crushed in March. And when COVID hit, of course, I didn't see it coming. I don't think any of us did. But I found myself after the week of loss, I was about eight days later, I lost about three to four months of income. And I was telling my team, we will get you paid. I'm not sure how we're going to get paid. So that's the reality of where it hit for us first year of, of us officially taking the jump. As you can imagine, coaching is the first thing to go. Consulting is the first thing to go. Several emails coming back every single day. We regret to inform you. We're so sorry. That's not a good start to an email train, by the way, when a pandemic is hitting and our income was just falling out of the bottom. And what we realize is in that moment, yes, we had a money problem, but we have never been more on mission. We've never been needed more than we have been in this moment. 
and yes, a lot of people are struggling, but I got a call the other day and a guy said, hey, uh, do you have a minute to chat? Do you have just a few minutes? Uh, this huge investment firm called and said, we want to invest $500 million into you guys. Should I do it? And we went back to the last coaching session. We went back to vision. We went back to mission. We went back to the things that he deeply cares about. And it was a pretty easy answer of a no. So those are some of the conversations I get invited into. Some of them I can't talk about. There's some high-profile people. Some of them are solopreneurs and content creators and side hustlers. Some of them have a massive leadership load that they're carrying each week. And what I want to do is share, here's what I'm learning. Here's what I'm seeing right now. And so I just want to start with um, what I believe the, the space we as leaders start in is we are oriented. We are orient for, oriented for up and to the right. We're oriented for growth, for success, for crushing it, for, oh, last year we grew by 10%. How could it be 12 this year? All of the things, right? We have been oriented toward success, toward growth, toward crushing, toward our next thing. And then COVID hits And this is the number one thing that I'm experiencing. Leaders, whether they can say it, whether they can voice it or not, leaders are disoriented right now. We're not up into the right now. Some of you, I hope, are still seeing up into the right numbers. But like Steve said, it's like some things are cracking. Some things that naturally were happening before, they're just not naturally happening. Leaders are saying it just takes more energy to lead right now than it did a year ago a year ago or six months ago. I am exhausted doing the exact same things that I was before, which I re-implemented naps in the middle of the day on my office couch, by the way, because I went, man, it is exhausting. But this is the moment. We are disoriented. Again, some of you, the numbers are still good, but what I'm seeing lines up with what Steve said. There's about a third, a third, a third of the leaders that I'm with The bottom third already had some issues. Those presenting issues are cracking, and those cracks are presenting themselves to the whole organization, company, nonprofit. The middle is maybe just holding on, saying we were kind of steady before. We can hold on at least for a while longer. And then I would say the top third have said this is a moment where we're going to be resilient. The word pivot, too many people have used this year, but we're going to adapt. We're going to change course. And we actually are going to see some things are on sale right now, and we are going to push in, and we're going to take risks right now. So that's what I'm experiencing. It's kind of a third, a third, a third, but 100% of us are disoriented. We are disoriented in that fall did not equal the regular fall like it did. Some of you guys skipped vacations before. Some of you are working one and a half roles because some people on your team have been sick or can't carry the weight, or you just haven't had that crucial role there. This is a a narrative that I think has been really, really helpful for a lot of leaders to look through. And it's the idea of docks. So the old idea for a dock was that you are going to build a dock at the water level. And this right here would be the example of water. Like in Colorado, our lakes just go down. They don't stay steady. We're losing water. And so because of that, we find a dock that is now a boat's not able to pull up like it was. You can see the ladder's not even in the water. It doesn't even help you swim at that point. And maybe there's two feet of water underneath this thing. Sometimes you'll see docks completely out of the water. And we're saying the world we built this business, this team, this leadership for has fundamentally changed. 
And so we need this beautiful idea of a floating dock, that as the water level changes, the dock simply floats lower. We need to be more adaptive, more resilient. I'll talk a little bit about moving from a paradigm of just planning to one of preparing. What's ahead in the future? I'm not sure. What will change in your industry? I'm not sure. However, now is the time that we can be and should be planning for how resilient we can be in the future. I am building floating docks in my life, and I'm committed to do that. I hope you are committed to building floating docks where you say, we still want to do this thing. We still need to be there. There is still a purpose to a dock, but we can't build like we used to. We can't bet on the things like we used to. And by the way, guys, this is cross-industry. I work with nonprofits, for-profits, large businesses, small businesses, and I'm seeing about 90% of the same things. 10% industry-specific. I probably have no idea what's going on in your industry. You guys talk about that. You're the experts. But about 90% of the things are the same, and that's what I want to bring to you guys. Here's what I'm seeing. Three prevailing things in coaching conversations, coffee conversations, fire pit conversations since March. We have lost more than we think. Counselors right now, of which I see one, but many of them I'm in a relationship with, they say we have experienced trauma. And so just let that sit on you. We have experienced trauma. This is serious. Some of you have had to make business changes, lay people off. Some of you guys have had to uh, make financial changes to your own family. Some of your schools still aren't back, and therefore your kids aren't back. But we have lost more than we think. The second is we are more tired than we think. And I want to pause here because I am committed to the health of leaders, like Ty said. If you think you're tired, you're exhausted. If you think you're exhausted, you're probably heading toward burnout. If you think you are heading toward burnout, you are crispy, my friend. And it's kind of like dehydration here in Colorado. It is dry here. And by the time you're climbing a mountain and realize you are thirsty and dehydrated and you've started to get a headache, the only option is to go down at that point. Because the time to hydrate is not when you're climbing the mountain, but is the two days before climbing the mountain so that it's in your bloodstream. You are more tired than you think. So am I. All of us, we have that realization. We have been carrying a lot emotionally, physically, relationally on our teams, just trying to be a human, just trying to navigate, just trying to plan and prepare. It's a lot. The third thing I'm seeing in every single leader that I talk to is we are more lonely than we think. That's why I love groups like this, that we can ask the hard questions. Some of you guys get each other like people on your teams don't, or maybe even your spouse or your friends don't. We are more lonely than we think. We need relationship. We are wired for relationship, but we also need people who understand us. And the phrase, it's lonely at the top, is real. But we cannot afford to be isolated at the top. Accept that emotion that is a regular core human emotion of loneliness. However, we cannot afford to be isolated. Our job, our role, our vocation, Your job in leading is just too crucial to lead isolated. So please do not. You have lost more than you think. You are more tired than you think. And you are more lonely than you think. Another way to say you have needs. You have been through a lot. You have needs. And I wonder what it would look like for you to take care of yourself, for you to lean on health. And I get it. 
the next quarter's coming, the next report's coming, the next hire is coming, that's real. But if we could take care of ourselves, then maybe we could be more sustainable six months, 12 months, 18 months down the line. Don't think about this as a sprint. We have to play the short and long game simultaneously. Folks, we got to work on our drive and our putting at the same time. And I hope you have some big drives, but we also have to dial in our putting at the exact same time. So those are, I'm not sure why my screen share isn't fully working right now, but I want to share a quote um, that has been incredibly helpful. There's a book um, right now that I'm reading called The Power of Pull. And actually, I finished this book, and I think I'll probably go through it again. I highly recommend it. But he talks about the big shift. And this big shift that's happening is wrecking a lot of people. The old paradigms of leadership, the old paradigms of business are being destroyed as we speak. Now, what's, what's interesting, he talks about the, the power of pull. He means this old idea of power top down to this idea of pull that I believe the ecosystem you are creating, the culture you are creating as a leader has never been more important than it is right now. And I'm just going to read this quote. He says this, this is in 2010, by the way, and I believe is written right for this moment. If we are going to succeed in this rapidly changing world, we face two challenges, making sense of the changes around us and making progress in an increasingly unfamiliar world. I don't know if you caught that, but making sense and making progress. And if we don't make sense of what's happening, we can't make progress. If you don't know where you are, where we are in the world, where your team and your company is, how can you make progress and take next steps? You walk in the mall and just like, man, all I'm looking for is some sweet, sweet Chick-fil-A or Sbarro, I guess. And you got to figure out where am I before I know how to navigate over to the food court or whatever that is for you. If we are going to succeed, we're going to have to make sense in order to make progress. Let me say it in, in two different ways. We're going to have to name things and then we are going to have to take next steps. And I see a lack of leaders being able to name things. At least half of what I do as a leadership coach is helping leaders to name things. And if we can't name where you're at, like, how are you doing? Like, how is your team? Like, for reals, how are you actually doing? Not just the numbers. How's the heart of your team? Are people encouraged, discouraged, exhausted? How's morale? How's the ecosystem you are creating around you? How healthy are you? Relationally, emotionally, physically, all of that. How long can you keep going at this pace? If we cannot name things, we cannot make progress down the line, making sense of where we are and making progress. And I've got several areas that I believe, this is the, the quote again, book's Power of Pull, and I would highly encourage you guys to read this. I think it's, it's written especially for business leaders in this moment. Making sense, as we're making sense, we must analyze. And I'm going to show you a, a graphic in just a minute. Analyze. The question to ask is, what is happening like, what is happening to our traditional systems of leading? To maybe how we used to push on things and it used to work. That lever we used to pull is no longer working. And this is what leaders are saying across the country, is I don't know how to make this thing work anymore. Making progress is actually about 
activating forward. But if we don't analyze well and name where we're at, how can we activate forward? And asking, what are my next steps? What are my next steps? Start small. Leadership overwhelm is real right now. And so, yes, I believe we'll see a wave of burnout. I believe we'll see a wave of vocational shift, many of it out of exhaustion. But I believe right now we're seeing a gnawing sense of overwhelm. I have so much to do. I just don't know how to take next steps. And that's where I would encourage you, dive in on this. Here's the, the kind of look. As we, as we think about the challenge of leaders, every growing leader must continually analyze, analyze, activate, and cultivate. What do I mean by that? Analyze. We have to look backward. We have to diagnose. What's happened over the last two years in your company? What's happened since COVID broke? What's happened in the last few months? And to be able to analyze backward, to, to diagnose what, what has happened. The, the past has a role in activating in the future. Now, activating and execution, if you're in this group, I know that you're good at this. You're wired for this. You are activating, you are executing, you are pushing forward. And let me just say, to a group of tired people on your team, when you say we're going to do more, we're going to push harder, all they hear is, I'm exhausted. Maybe I should just jump off the ship because I can't. You want me to sell more than I did last year? I'm exhausted just thinking about that. And that's where this bottom one that I rarely see leaders doing well, this cultivating inward. This is self-awareness, growth. This is your team. This is your culture. This is your ecosystem. And what I see is a lot of tippy triangles right now. A lot of tippy triangles right now where there's some analyzing and looking backward, maybe at the numbers, some of what happened. Then there's some executing, looking forward. Here's where we're heading, bigger numbers, bigger goals. But we have a tippy triangle. One thing that happened in the last few months could knock us over. And one thing that doesn't happen right, a failure can. And what I see throughout coaching, what I see as leaders say, I care for the culture of this place. I care for these people, the soft skills they get talked down to in business, and that, oh yeah, create this feeling of a family, a team, a mission that matters. Cultivation, this self-awareness, helps us both look backward and look forward and say, you know what? One little thing's not going to wreck us. One bad quarter is not going to wreck us. That is sustainability and longevity to be able to look down the line. A few crucial thoughts. I am going to have some Q&A, so send those over, and Caitlin will kind of wade through those a little bit. We'll have some time to chat Clarity up, overwhelm down. Coaching clients are tired of that phrase, I hope, by the time we are done. Clarity up, overwhelm down. If you are feeling overwhelmed, personally, you wake up with some of that anxiety in your chest, maybe that racing heart, maybe that gut that just feels like, ah, oh, something's off. What can you clarify? What can you clarify? Maybe it's where you've come from. Maybe it's where you're heading. Maybe just naming your fears. What can you write down? What can you share with a friend? What can you share with your coach? Clarity up, overwhelm down. The next one, we are more tired than we think. I talked about this. We are more lonely than we think, which means we need rest and we need community. We need other people who get us. The prevailing thought I believe right now, right now is what got us here won't get us there. The levers that you pulled in the last season won't be able to work in the next season. Now, some of them will work for a while, right? It's not like a cutoff of 100% of the things, but I just mean the, the way that you led, the way that you navigated, the way that you activated in the past may not work in the future. You may have to learn some new skills. 
Next one is chaos increases, structure must also increase. If the chaos around your team, around the numbers, around your clients who you serve has increased, then you need to provide more structure to match that. And what I find is in times of chaos, we tend to lean out. That's actually when we need to lean in and create more structure for yourself, your schedule. Maybe that's clearer team meetings. Maybe that's clearer on the roles as people kind of scramble to take care of all kinds of different roles. And the last one, moments of change demand experimentation. I used to say allow experimentation. I actually say right now people demand it. Whenever there is a massive change, now is the moment, friends, to lean in, to try that new thing, to give it a shot. Even if it doesn't work, your team sees that you have courage. You need to be to your team like alcohol is to karaoke, all right? Like, you need to be liquid courage to your team to say, let's give it a shot. They know you're on the hook for that. Like, all right, uh, I would never get up there. You know what? We have a unique moment. Let's do this. Let's go. Moments of change demand experimentation. What are you trying that you wouldn't have tried pre-COVID? What risk do you simply just have to give it a shot? And to experiment your way forward, your team needs you to do that. Please be liquid courage for your team. A couple of paradigm shifts, and then we'll work through some questions. Number one, from planning to preparing. We have to move from simply planning our way out of this to preparing. Think about special forces in the military. They have no idea exactly what's going to be thrown at them. But from day one, they begin preparing, preparing their lives, their minds, their hearts, their bodies, their team to be able to navigate, to be able to adapt to any situation in combat. I've seen leaders plan and plan and plan. The next thing got canceled. The next thing got canceled. This program didn't work, and they just stopped planning. And we have to shift from planning to preparing. The next one is from reactive to proactive. Don't wait for the next situation to change for you to shift. How can we anticipate ahead of time? How can you anticipate that new role for somebody else on your team? How can you anticipate that new area you're going to push into? How can you pull the trigger on that marketing thing before you feel like the numbers are struggling in this other marketing area? To proactively get in there and anticipate. The next one is from time management to energy investment. I mentioned before, we are more exhausted doing some of the same tasks we were doing before. You only have so much energy. Where are you investing your best energy? And let me add one more for your team. Your culture is crucial right now. Who on your team are you investing your best energy into? We only have so much of it. Don't just manage your time. Don't just work more. Where are you going to invest your best energy? And like they say in the investment world, the best time to invest was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. No shame, no guilt if you haven't been investing your energy in the right places. But right now in the attention economy, I would ask you, where are you putting your best attention? This is going to be massive. I believe, for the next season. And the last paradigm shift that we as hungry business leaders, as hungry leaders of teams, are moving from is from information to attention. Again, we're in the attention economy. We are overwhelmed with information. We are hungry for encounters and relationships. We're hungry for masterminds, not so much for conferences anymore. 
from information to attention. Yes, pay attention to information. Yes, read your spreadsheets. Yes, have good data from last year. Yes, look at your P&Ls. Yes, do all the things you need to do. But attention, what area needs your attention on your team? What staff member needs your attention, your investment, your empowerment on your team? And guys, these are four shifts I believe if we fail to make these, I believe we'll be left behind. Maybe slowly in terms of numbers, but relevance right now, the leaders who I see innovating and activating and really going for it right now are making these paradigm shifts and realizing what got us here simply isn't going to get us there. I would give, I'm giving all leaders recommendations right now. Number one, create regular things that give, the old word is ROI. I'm using ROA, return on attention. So you are giving your attention and you are looking for a return in them. Number one, realize it's an investment. Like it is a long-term play. And I mean months and maybe a couple years in, in your people. Great if you see things off the bat. But realize this is an investment. And people that start investing are like, oh man, my first year I didn't earn much, right? But it's the idea that over time, you are going to see you know, a massive investment grow and grow and grow, and then you're going to be able to pull equity from that, right, relationally. The other piece is there, there is a time to bring on somebody who's sort of a chief culture officer. And there are a few people I'm coaching that are considering that right now so that they proactively staff, not for the next pandemic, but to say, I am not the person long-term to be able to invest at their heart level, and I want to continue to live in kind of that CEO space. So maybe a chief culture officer that you could bring on, um, and maybe there's somebody that's already on the team that does this really well and really naturally. Maybe there's somebody that can tend to the heart of the team while you can tend to sort of the mind and the hands of the team. That does not have to be you. Not everyone is wired to do this. It may not be your best ROA long-term the return on your attention long-term. Um, right now, I believe we, we all need to do it for a time, but it may be something that you can delegate. And so those three things, Chrissy, may be helpful. Um, and I use these, I don't, know, I don't know who first came out with them, but in these times, and we have a lot and we're exhausted, we, we have to do those three things, eliminate, delegate, automate. And we have to ask, can we eliminate certain things so that you have more energy for others? And that's the first thing. It's kind of like reduce, reuse, recycle. It's like there's a reason that reduce is first. So can I do less, consume less? So eliminate. The second is delegate. Is there somebody else among the team or somebody you could bring in eventually to be able to do that? And then the last one is automate. Are there some things that naturally the team can do? So like, can you regularly say at the beginning of every single meeting, we're going to do this, this heart check. It's these four different things. Boom, Go. And you don't have to think about it anymore. They just know that that's coming. I start all my coaching sessions, I mean, 80 to 90% with the same four questions. And then we get momentum and then it's easier. So I don't have to start by, you know, by getting them revved up. They actually come in with some momentum on that. So, um, you know, Chrissy, I don't know exactly how you're wired or if that's something you want to be involved in or feel like you should be long-term in them. I think we have to do some right now, but I would ask long-term, what is the best plan ahead to tend to uh, both the heart um, and the competency of, of your team? I am seeing a, a lot because people are working decentralized, less meetings, 
and shorter meetings. Less meetings and shorter meetings, which means they need to be better meetings. We were wasting a lot of time in meetings that just sucked. Can I just say that? Like where we're like sitting around and because we have an hour together, we're going to fill that hour. And if, if it's culture work and if it, you're relationally investing in people and that's intentional, great. But I'm actually saying if you are exhausted, I sat with a leader the other day and he did six, he does 16 one-on-ones every single week. Oh yeah. And he's a raging introvert. But I said, dude, you got to stop. You got to move those to every other week. You got to make those check-ins. You got to have four questions or two questions. They come ready to answer. And so he cut his meetings in half and turns out he has more energy in that. So I think I'm seeing a lot around that of saying we actually in less time can be more helpful to our teams, Steve, and also utilize some tools so that it isn't all coming from us of like, hey, let me ask you this question. Let me think through this. And we could almost automate that and say, all right, here's what our team check-in looks like every time. If you're gone, they can still do it without you. So make sure it's reproducible without you in the room. That's going to take the effectiveness up, the scalability of it up. Maybe somebody else can take it over. Maybe it isn't your, your zone. But Steve, I'm seeing a lot of that right now, which is really exciting to me. Now, it's happening reactively, um, but better to happen now. And they're saying we actually had too many meetings, ineffective meetings, and maybe they were too frequent. And I'm also with that seeing supplemental technology. Our team uses Marco Polo. We're a decentralized team across the country. I'm telling you, it's amazing because I'll be on my way home. I'll answer a quick Marco. And then the next day they'll Marco me back and I'll say, don't worry about this. Get it whenever, especially if you're working on different time zones, that can be really helpful. So how can we take technology and utilize it for things that we were taking massive, you know, 30, 60, 90 minute meetings for? Yeah. Okay. I have a general rule. I don't fight for tools. I fight for principles. So the principle below it is sending a message that gives as much of our face and inflection as possible, creating as little misunderstanding as possible, but that they can answer on their own time. Most people, when they get texts uh, right now, are saying, oh, there's anxiety that I have to answer right now, or what, what time zone are they on, or when should I send this back? And I only, I don't use it for personal stuff at all. It's not social media to me. If somebody who finds me on it, messages me, I don't answer them back. It's only I use it for actually coaching, consulting, and then sort of business or team uh, opportunities. So if you have it in the right way, position it for the right way, don't use it for something else. Um, But I would just say the principle below it is, man, to be able to give as much of me as possible when they can answer it on their own time. A lot of the people I'm working with are busy parents. And so they want quick access to me. If there's somebody that I'm coaching, they want quick access. Going into a meeting tomorrow, we have to cut this. What would you think about it? That's really helpful for me to send them back a four-minute Marco instead of trying to fight for a phone call that they couldn't get. So I love it for that. Um, But again, there's other things. There's Voxer. You can send somebody a voice memo on your phone. Um, So I don't ever fight for technology tools. It may not be right for you, but I fight for the principle below it of accessibility without stressing me out so that I'm not cooking dinner or wrestling with my kids thinking I need to answer somebody back. I'll tell you what's been really helpful for me right now is every coaching session I ask, what's your encouragement level, 1 to 10? And no, you can't use 7 because everyone wants to be a C. What's your encouragement level, 1 to 10? And what's your energy level, 1 to 10? I'm looking for trends and I'm looking for changes. There was a guy that I was coaching that 
it, it started at a six as COVID was hitting, and then it was like a five, and then it was like a three, and I went, hold on, time out. What is happening? Well, he was an introvert, locked in his house at home, not getting stuff done, not able to do some of the life-giving things he could before. His performance was going down. And so because of that, we identified this is going in the wrong direction. We had a heart-to-heart. He had a heart-to-heart with his boss, and he asked for a week off just to simply not be on Zoom calls. Zoom fatigue was real. It was killing him. And he changed some things up. He created a, a new schedule, a new rhythm, and he actually ended up thriving. And he was at energy level six, seven, eight. It started to go up. So what's your energy level one to 10? What's your encouragement level? That can just be a really easy question. Everybody's got to answer. You just go around and keep track as a leader. Because if it's trending in the wrong way, that's when you need to have a heart conversation and say what's going on. Um, so I think a lot of the tools are repetitive questions. Um, we create tools in-house, and honestly, the best tools right now are around time, energy, and priorities. So we've got some. And actually, if you're interested in a weekly tool, Ty, feel free to reach out. I'd be glad to invest that into you guys uh, for free. I'd be glad to pass it along to all Crosslink folks. It's called a weekly planning grid. Uh, it's three blocks in a day. It is the most simple tools are getting the most play right now and are helping people the most. Personal and professional development right now look a lot like honing in on those priorities. Um, Again, our world's chaotic right now. So chaos has gone up and we have to have a matching structure to go up. So I think everyone's redoing their schedules at some level every month or two right now. And we used to probably, I don't know about you, but I used to redo my schedule every year. Then it was every six months. Now, Every month looks different for me um, as our business now continues to grow, which is great. Um, With more growth come more filters. And a lot of that filter for me looks like um, what's my priority right now in this month for my team? What do they need from me? And of course, how do I not bring leftovers to my family? So I've got this tool. Again, it's called the weekly planning grid. And uh, I'd be glad to pass it along to Ty and then invest that. It's just a fillable PDF. It's super simple, but it's our number one tool leaders across industries are using. Um, and with that, then somebody asked about the four questions. Really simple. Um, these have been, you know, I, I didn't invent these. I just tweak these. Where are you thriving? Where are you struggling? What's confusing right now? And what's missing? Where are you thriving? Then make sure to celebrate that with your people. Again, anything in life and leadership. If they're thriving at home, you need to know it. Next one is struggling. Where are you struggling? And that's often a very practical area right now, I found. I'm struggling to know what I should let go of in my week. You can help them with that. Where are you thriving? Where are you struggling? What's confusing? This is the number one area we're looking for clarity. What can we clarify? What can we clarify? It's amazing when that overwhelm goes down. It's like two sandbags, and and they have an inverse relationship. And you're like, overwhelm down, clarity up. Overwhelm down, clarity up. Where are you thriving? Where are you struggling? What's confusing right now? And what's missing? And what you'll find, guys, is those will be where they'll share a lot of their longings for what the team could be but isn't. A lot of where they could feel fulfillment at work, but they're not an area or role they may want to lead. Like, Christy, you may have somebody that feels like they're not doing enough team development or they have some gifts there and you go, perfect, because that's exhausting me. Actually, what if you were able to take that a little bit? That's where you find those cues. So I, I would go with those four repeated questions. But those, yeah, those are the four.
a great team member that is burnt out. Burnout is burnout is brutal because you got to go backwards before you can go forward. Like it's going to get worse before it's going to get better. You you have to think about drains and fills for that person. It's hard when it's somebody else because the the reality is somebody has to be consciously incompetent. What what Covey talked about. They literally have to know more of what I'm doing is not going to work. Like and and to be able to say that phrase I am burned out or burning out, that's the timeout moment when you got to go back to drains and fills. If someone is burned out, I don't believe it's just from working too much. We, we generally don't burn out from working too much. It's compassion fatigue, and I'm studying it in teachers, in medical professions, in pastors, and nonprofit leaders, particularly in the caregiving industries. Burnout is generally a result of people work. So there's some drains there, and that simply need to be added with some fills. So I would ask, you can't always, but can you keep them on staff? Can you reshift some of their job stuff? Now, you may have to plug it with some holes or giving them a few weeks off, but weeks off, if they don't know what refills them, a week off doesn't just magically do it. We can drain ourselves from home on social media watching the election. We can drain ourselves from home being with family members that are dysfunctional. So you got to figure out drains and fills for that person um, honestly, I think when, when somebody is, if they're a good employee and, and you believe in them, you trust them, and they're just burned out, they got to seek some help. I don't, I don't know how you lead them through that as a boss. You can help them, but that's where I'm a big fan of coaching and at some point counseling if there's something in their past that's more of an identity issue, that they just have a pattern of overworking, not feeling like enough, never enough kind of thing, a scarcity mentality. That's probably a counselor if there's some things that are off in their execution and they just aren't applying it well, that's probably where I'd see a coach to help with the activation. So if they're analyzing or looking backward, that's counselor space where they need a ladder to get out of that hole. If they're not able to execute, if they're doing too much, they're doing the wrong things, don't know their priorities, need clarity, that's where they can find a coach. And I call a coach a mountain guide for the leadership journey. Nobody can climb that mountain for them but they can come along. They're also not just a Sherpa carrying their gear. They are literally walking with them, but they got to want it. Do they want to climb out of burnout? And if they do, and you feel like, yes, we want to continue to stick with them, I would encourage them uh, to go see somebody else. The question is, what are you amazing at? Like, what are you amazing at that moves the needle of your team and your business? And start there protect those things because they are assets and you got to protect those. And then you say, if you had space, what are a few other things? I like to think about it. What do you need to carry always? And then what do you need to carry now? So Chrissy, what you referred to is something you're carrying now that you may not need to carry always. And so I have a, a really simple grid. I ask, what do you need to stop doing? It's just called start, stop, keep. Pretty common in business spaces. What do you need to stop doing that's not bearing fruit? What do you need to start doing that could bear fruit? And what do you need to keep doing that's already bearing fruit? And I think sometimes in chaos, we just are like, oh, everything I'm doing is bad. That's never true. You're doing some things that are fire, that work, that, that are in your zone. But what I've observed is that during this time, we, a lot of people, especially over teams, just picked up all the slack. 
and you're functioning as CEO, you're functioning as the numbers gal, you're functioning as the chief administrator, you're functioning in all these different spaces just because somebody else isn't quite cutting it. And I'm actually helping to reorg uh, this group, seven counseling centers, and they're having to say, what is your unique competitive advantage? And you got to think about you. What are you amazing at that nobody else on your team can do? And maybe it's cast vision. And, and maybe you are a jetliner like nobody else. You can fly high, fly fast. Maybe you're a helicopter and you're like, man, I can land, create some strategy, and then get out of the way. Good. Focus on getting out of the way so that they can execute. I'm amazing at getting the ball rolling. Cool. Make sure to push it and then stop keeping the ball rolling. So you got to figure out what are you personally amazing at, your competitive advantage at the top of the org. Protect those few things. And then the last thing I'd say, guys, every new thing is guilty till proven innocent. Stop taking stuff on and just literally have the reflex build of I'm not taking on anything new unless I fight for it. I vet it. I call Ty or I call a friend and say, here's why I'm going to pick up this thing right now. And I would already have a plan to let it go if it's just for a time. Every new opportunity inside of what you do during work is guilty till proven innocent in this season until you feel like you have momentum rolling again. Question here, our team has struggled to have fun while maintaining safety. (laughs) Any ideas for a good team activity to add flavor during the pandemic? I'd say nothing like a good trust fall, right, guys? That's just fun. Um, Our team has struggled to have fun while maintaining safety. Um, Oh, gotcha. Okay, like social distancing. I'm like imagining you like, today we're going to go cliff jumping. Today we're going to rock climb with no ropes on. Like, please, safety first, guys. Make sure you have a good life insurance policy. I'm not like the expert in, in that. Um, I, I encourage you guys to think about things that actually invest back in their families at the time. So like the things you're doing together may not be things that you are doing together. Like I just know that somebody the other day handed me a gift card and said, go take your wife out, go take your kids to do something fun. And like no offense to that person, but I'd rather go hang out with my wife and kids and do that. So I actually think some of the most beneficial things could be a gift card that says, I see you here, go to this nice place, get some dinner. Um, but that, that's just me. I mean, like team morale and all that, that's important to build. But sometimes it's just the, the simplest things, the little goofiest things. I've seen some people that will show up to a team thing and it's like, a, hey, it's like a masquerade party and you wear some stupid you know, costume on the other side of it or whatever, like just to have fun with that. Again, I'm not like the master of fun, but I bet you, you guys have some great things that you guys do as a team. But personally, I'm just looking for time away from what I'm doing to be able to be with my family. Um, Sarah said this, everyone seems to take time out of the office to regroup, but I find when I'm out, everyone else checks out too. How do we each uh, schedule our mental breaks individually, but keep moving forward? Sarah, that's really good. I'd say make it regular and make it intentional. A lot of people rediscovered walking during quarantine. And just to get outside, I personally, our office sits right in a wilderness preserve. So I'll probably go for a short hike before I'm in next coaching session. And make sure that it's intentional. Maybe it's a 20-minute walk around the block. I've heard a lot, a lot of people doing their one-on-one meetings by going to take a walk. We are so exhausted of screens. Zoom fatigue, Zoombies, like that is real right now. And so I would encourage you to say, hey, let's turn our weekly meeting into a a few walks around the block. And just maybe you ask those regular questions with them. Um, I would go for short and intentional 
over just a like, uh, check out, you know, in the afternoons or whatever, uh, man, 20 minute, really powerful walk and talk can really recharge somebody. Um, and again, I think if you shorten meetings, do less meetings, better meetings, more infrequent meetings, then people are energized by that. And then you go, I'm going to do this in hopes that you would scoot off home a little bit early in hopes that you would go replenish during the weekend. Please come back recharged and ready to go on Monday morning. So I would think about building sort of a liturgy of, of things in there, Sarah, that would be my encouragement. Cause I know you still got to get the job done. You can't just like, Hey, take whatever time off you need for forever. I get it. Short, helpful, connective people are lonely. So remember they're looking to reconnect relationally. Uh, what's the best way to find out what activities I should not be doing the bottleneck? Um, I think I, I touched on some of that, but I don't know that I said the, the anti-activities, the ones that are not your competitive advantage. And again, ask those three questions. Can we just eliminate it, period, from our team? Can we delegate? Is there somebody? I'm not talking about dumping. That's different from delegating, not dumping it on someone, but delegating it, saying, is there someone that can carry this and I can pass this off, realizing it's going to be harder for a while and then it's going to be easier to, to train someone? And then the last one is to automate it. Can technology do what we were doing for? I cannot tell you how my life changed when I started with Calendly. Because when people want to get together, no more working through their assistant and then this person, that person, hey, time change, whatever. It's like, here you go. If you want to meet, here's my Calendly, go for it. And that has changed. I mean, like six emails per meeting kind of change. It's insane. Um, that has been my biggest thing right there. So I'm not like, a, hey, turn everything into tech. But if there is something that's holding you back that is just too hard and shouldn't be that hard, then, then that's where I would start. Well, I thought this was a very practical episode, and I hope you did as well. Our hope at Stay Forth Designed is that anything that we deliver to you is not just another piece of video or audible content. There are things that you can consume that will fill you and equip you to continue leading well, not only today, not only tomorrow, but in the weeks and months ahead. So I want to leave you with a question. You know that what got you here, where you are right now, is not going to get you where you want to go. You're going to have to make changes. You're going to have to keep growing. And part of growing is taking next steps. So what is your next right step? What is the practical next step that you need to take right now, today, in this moment, to carry you through for the rest of the day, tomorrow, and the days ahead so that you can continue gaining traction and continue leading well for the long haul? What is it? We're here to help. Do us a favor. Subscribe to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Check out Stay Forth Designs for practical tools, resources, and guides, all designed to help equip you to lead well and to lead healthy on the leadership journey. Also, do us a favor. Leave us a rating and review for the podcast if you have not done so yet. Those help us get this message into more eyes, ears, and hearts. As always, we're praying for you. We're in the trenches with you. We hope you have a great week, and we will see you right back here Thursday for another episode of the podcast. Focus so long.